0: everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Your Fantasy, fantasy football podcast. As you may already be realizing, this is not MJ, and you would be correct, this is Scott. Uh, MJ is currently on vacation in the Philippines visiting family. But I am joined tonight by Steven and our third guest Lance. Uh, Quick little introduction on Lance. Uh, He's been a good buddy of Steven's and mine since high school, Uh, and we were actually all at one point roommates in college. Uh, I was finishing up grad school, Lance was finishing up a senior year, and Steven was in his junior year. Um, We had a a blast, uh, especially with the ranch incident. Uh, But uh, Lance, you want to give yourself a little introduction, a little fancy background for us?
1: Yeah, what's up, everyone? I appreciate you all having me on the podcast. I've been wanting to do this since I found out you all had one, so I'm excited to be on it. Uh, this is, this is really fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, our, our friendship goes back to middle school, high school, uh, college, um, and uh, even in the, the the fantasy football league we're currently in now. I think I i didn't realize this until I was talking to Stephen. I actually formed the league in his first year, he did, you um, started did. the league and got Steven and Scott to join um uh, i am not wired to be the commissioner though so stephen took that over thankfully so um I, i've dabbled with a couple other leagues but this has definitely been my ride or die it's the only league, league i'm in now um and uh I, I, I my fantasy team name has been dance Lavis, which is just <laughs> the first letters of my full name uh reverse my, my full name is lance davis uh until this year i changed it to tony montana i was inspired by uh video of, of future performing Tony Montana at a 49ers playoff game 10 or so years ago. Uh, so far hasn't really changed my luck in terms of fantasy football success, but, uh, uh, nice to change it up here. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Glad to have you. And, uh, in addition to Lance, Josh is the fourth person that uh, was there at the beginning and, uh, it's funny or sad or both, uh, the four of us, <laughs> Stephen, Josh and, and me are, uh, Team seven, eight, nine, and 10 in our 10 team league right now, heading into week 11. So, hopefully, a couple of us can turn around and make it into the playoffs. I, I, I think Josh might be done, and Steven's probably there with him, but we'll see what happens. There's four weeks to go. Uh, anyways, for our icebreaker this week, we are going to talk about our favorite Warner Brothers movie series
2: just uh, even some background yeah i uh <laughs> i went to la this past weekend and uh of course did a lot of tourist things and one of those things was doing a studio tour of warner brothers and it was super cool and you'll see that a lot of the things that i mentioned throughout the episode will be movie warner brothers related tv series so that's kind of the reason for this intro so yeah so no surprise here my favorite movie series from warner brothers is the harry potter film franchise um a beautiful eight movies of magic and wonder and bliss um you know this series started in 2001 and actually i had not read any of the books prior to seeing the first harry potter film and wow did it open up my eyes to uh like I said, just, just a world of magic and my first true crush with Emma Watson playing <laughs> Hermione Granger. And I hold that crush to this day. So, the Harry
1: Potter. But so you, you watched the movies first, then then you read the books? The, I watched the first movie. You watched the first movie? Then, read the, books. then, read, the books. then read the books. Yes. Okay, so yeah. you're like movie, you're like, I'm all in,
2: I gotta read the books. Yeah, I actually saw, I think twice. So I think Scott and I saw it like, twice in theaters. Um, but yeah, I saw the movie twice in theaters and then I... Began reading the first book, and Interesting. the rest is history. Now I have a robe, a wand, a broomstick, <laughs> and uh, I'm all in. Team
0: Steven yeah, St- being two years younger, uh, I think I had actually read the first book before the first movie came out. Um, obviously, more books came out as, as the movies came out, but um, yeah, I, I, it's definitely in the running for me. I, I prefer the book series though. For me, I would have to go with the matrix series. Um, it's just at the time, uh, one of those movies that's iconic, like you can pinpoint, you know, turn of the century. Um, awesome. Like special effects and sci-fi and just such a cool story and, and, and cool. I don't, I don't even know, uh, just theme and everything effects. about it. Yeah. I, yeah. Obviously. Uh, Lance, what would be your choice?
1: So th- th- this movie or series, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And so Steven informed me that WB bought HBO recently, so I could kind of do that. So I'll, I'll keep it short and just say, uh, 1A succession, 1B curb your enthusiasm. Mm. Different kind of genres, but both I'd say prestige TV.
2: Great options. I've I've yet to, s- to watch Succession. I've seen bits and pieces, but it is on on my list. I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. I can vouch for Curb Your Enthusiasm if you have not watched that show. I don't care whether or not you're a Seinfeld fan. And if you're not a Seinfeld fan, you should also watch Seinfeld, but um, Curb Your Enthusiasm is so cringeworthy and hilarious, so highly recommend that series to anyone. And hopefully, they should have another season coming out, I want to say, like in the next six months to a year so. Get us caught
0: up now. Yeah, I will say if Stephen didn't specify that it had to be a movie slash TV series, 100 for me, it would have been Inception, greatest movie of all time. Um, but anyways, we will move on now to our week ten recap. Uh, I've picked four games here for us to kind of discuss. Uh, the first of which was the first ever Germany game, the Seahawks versus the Buccaneers, in which the Buccaneers won twenty one to sixteen. This was actually the first international game that featured two division leaders, so the Bucks, even with their losing record, uh, leading the NFC South and the Seahawks leading the NFC West. Um, there were a decent amount of touchdowns. Uh, Julio Jones scored one, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, and Tyler Lockett all found pay dirt. Um Geno Smith. A pretty decent fantasy week. You know he's been a surprise this year. Uh, ended up with 19.2 fantasy points, um, two passing touchdowns. Tom Brady, uh, another meh game from him. 17.02 fantasy points. Uh, he's only had one game over 20 so far this year. Uh, so uh, hopefully at this point you've realized that Brady is is not who you should be starting, and you have found somebody else. Sorry if that's who you're stuck with. Uh and then I, I thought this was a unique stat here. Um DK Metcalf and Chris Godwin both had six receptions for 71 yards. Exactly. Six receptions, 71 yards each. Uh the only difference was Godwin obviously found the end zone. So 16.1 fantasy points for Godwin to DK's 10.10. Um I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh the announcers the entire time were talking about how they had a great lead up to the Germany game. Uh the commissioner uh goodell said that this was going to be the first of many germany games and um i think germany welcomed it with open arms it seems like you know this has been a big push now for almost a decade to, to get games internationally and and we're you know we moved out of london with mexico a couple years ago and now we're in germany and so um this is something fun to look forward to every year but you know just keep in mind when these games do come up that uh if they are in europe Early in the morning, so you got to set your lineup. Steven Lance, you guys got any comments on this game?
2: Um, first, I was just completely wrong. I think last week I had Geno Smith on my hate list, even though I started him in two leagues. So, my bad if you took my advice, which I doubt you did. But um, he did. I will say, I I think he had less than ten points going into the fourth quarter. Um, So he did make an incredible come back from a fantasy perspective in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, no, I mean, overall, really exciting to have uh, have the NFL move into Germany. and I heard nothing but great things. Um, I watched a lot of the Rich Eisen show, and he was one of the main commentators. And throughout the week on his talk show, he would call in. And, um, yeah, I mean, it sounded like a blast. I think this is good for the NFL. Um, You know, London, I think, has gotten – Somewhat of a bad rap, just because it always seems to be between a couple of crappy teams, and um, this ended up being a really good game to the end. And and yeah, I'm excited for uh, for the uh, NFL to continue to explore in Europe. Uh, fun stat from this one: I it's been passed around, so uh, not sure we decide on this one. But
1: Brady is the first player to win a game in four different countries: Ooh. U.S., U.K. Uh, Mexico, and uh, Germany. Very cool. Um, just added add it to the long list of <laughs> <as a conversation. laughs> that's what he's the most most proud of. I uh, thought it was a, 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 a little bit of a setback for the Seahawks, and for Geno Smith's kind of you know out-of-the-edge uh, MVP campaign. I yeah. um, think it'll be hard for them to hold on to the division lead with the 49ers surging. Um, still in good shape for the wild card, but... Uh, Something to watch there. I, I actually watched this entire game. I love the 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 um, the ones that start like 9:30 a.m. So I'm trying to watch like the you know pregame stuff, and I'm like, oh, there's an NFL game on. Perfect. Um, I, the the big difference is the run run game for the Bucks. They had been on pace for a historically bad run game uh, that was putting them in like a worst rushing attack over the past 50 years, averaging about 60 yards per game. Uh, Rashad White, a name to watch. Uh, he got the bulk of the carries for the Bucks. Um, I think it was like 22 carries, 105 yards. Fournette ran, rounding that unit out with another 57 yards in the TD. Um, I think Fournette was dealing with some a little bit of an injury, but it's something to watch if you know, Fournette gets in a longer-term injury situation. Um, but i uh, really impressed with the, the Bucs run game. A uh, good win for for them. I think they dominated most, and then uh, Seattle had a little bit of a push at the end of the game. But um, could be a, a, an opportunity for the Bucs to get on a little bit of a hot streak and put the NFC South in a, in a stranglehold for them. For them.
0: Awesome, awesome points there. Uh, yeah, Lance, you brought up a really good one with Leonard Fournette. Looks like he's dealing with a hit pointer. Uh, but according to Adam Schefter, uh, he's not expected to miss any time because the Bucks are on by this coming week. So he'll, he'll have a nice, solid week off to rest. And, uh, you know, hopefully he's back out there playing again the following week. I, I will say uh, Vaughn, uh, his backup, quote-unquote, actually started the game. He, he took the first few snaps – I um, mean, he had a pretty good fantasy day as well. So, you mean Rashad so we, White?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, sorry. Rashad White, not Vaughn. Vaughn was the third string. Although Vaughn did get some touches. Excuse me. Thank yeah. you, Steven. Yes, Rashad White started the game um, with Leonard for now on the sideline. Uh, so it, it's something to monitor to see if this becomes a running back by committee. All right, moving on to the second game we chose from this week. This one was fantastic. Hopefully you saw this or saw highlights because there were a lot of them. Bills. This game went down to the wire, and then some. It went to overtime, where the Vikings ended up winning thirty-three to thirty. Uh, this was a matchup of the seven and one team versus a six and two team, uh, and a possible preview of uh, Super Bowl contenders. Uh, There's a very real uh, possibility that these two teams could meet again uh, in February. Uh, lots of touchdowns. We had Justin Jefferson, my boy, getting in the end zone. Singletary twice, gave Davis Dalvin Cook on an 81-yard run. C.J. Ham a little bit of a vulture there, but he got in the end zone as well. And then the Vikings got a huge defensive fumble recovery in the end zone. Uh, that was by Eric Kendricks. Uh, on that defensive recovery, the Bills just needed to get the ball out of their own end zone and kill the clock uh, to win after the Vikings had failed to convert on fourth down on their final drive in regulation. Uh, and the snap was just bad. Jo- uh, Josh Allen dropped it, and Vikings fell on it in their own end zone. So, um, yeah, a, a crazy finish. You know, I thought that game was over, and it just it it did not disappoint. Uh, Kirk Cousins, pretty mad day for him. Three hundred fifty-seven yards, uh, a touchdown, two picks, seventeen point four eight fantasy points. Josh Allen, three hundred thirty yards, eighty-four yards rushing. Also, though, with a touchdown and two picks. Both quarterbacks there matching. Uh, touchdowns and picks uh josh allen's rushing though kind of bailed him out a little bit Ended up with 21.6 fantasy points which is good but not josh allen good so uh kind of a med day for him as well the story here though was justin jefferson versus stefan diggs and for those that listened last week that was actually one of our fantasy flash picks which we'll get to at the end of this podcast but justin jefferson 16 targets 10 receptions 193 yards and a touchdown for 30.3 fantasy points. Stefan Diggs, 16 targets, 12 receptions, 128 yards, 18.8. Both had amazing games, but the story here are the one-handed catches. And these, these both came pretty late in the game. Uh, Diggs was first, it was wide open, uh, pretty much down the middle, but dude had some serious vert, threw his hand in the air and, and brought it down. It was a beautiful catch. like possibly up there for catch of the year but then jj in double coverage on the vikings final drive in regulation to get the ball down the field man between two defenders it you got to find this highlight if you didn't see this play look up justin jefferson one-handed catch it'll probably be the first thing that shows up on youtube uh my gosh it it was an amazing catch um speaking of justin jefferson can't can't say enough about my boy here He became the NFL's first player to top 100 yards, receiving 20 times in his first three seasons, breaking a tie with OBJ and Randy Moss. So that's some great company there. Fellow uh, Viking there and Randy Moss as well. Uh, A couple other players had decent fantasy days, both running backs, uh, Delvin Cook and Devin Singletary. Uh, Cook ended up with 22.1 fantasy points and Devin Singletary with 15.2 with his two touchdowns there. Steven Lance, what you guys got from this one?
2: Yeah, I guess first let's just roll back the clock when you're ready to bench Justin Jefferson after a couple of weeks. So I feel like we just want to, you know, as much as you're talking him up, you were close to I saying... S- I
0: said four weeks in a row of bad performance,
2: I would consider it.
0: Four weeks in a row. We were at two
2: at the time, all right? Yeah, I'm just saying I was never even close to being in that spot. But he's obviously the guy, and I'm glad you're still supporting him because he's great. Um yeah, no, I mean, I think you pretty much covered it all. Stefan Diggs and Justin Jefferson, I think, were pretty much in our consensus. I think we gave like a top three or top five last week, and I think they were both in there, still would be. Um, I think I'm still taking Stefan Diggs from a production standpoint and floor standpoint, but uh, yeah, these, these guys are studs. Uh, Dalvin Cook, all reliable, um, plug and play every week. Devin Singletary, I have. About about to have three shares of this guy across four leagues. And, um, you know, he got in the end zone twice, which is great. Usually Josh Allen is doing some QB sneaks to steal those touchdowns away. But um, he's obviously he's the guy in this backfield. I know that there was a lot of questions with James Cook. They brought in Naheem Hines. Um, but it still seems like Singletary is the guy. So this is, um, you know, he's at least a soft flex play for you week to week. So happy to have him in my lineup. But. Uh, yeah, Lance, anything else to add there?
1: Uh, definitely a wild game. Uh, Jefferson obviously had a big catch on 4th and 18. Minnesota finally gets a signature win on the road in Buffalo. I, there Something to watch with Josh Allen. He's been struggling a little bit lately. Uh, maybe he's a little bit dinged up mm-hmm. they're keeping it quiet, but hasn't been himself uh, in the past few games. If you look at his fantasy production, he was starting the first part of the year. He's doing 33, 29, 26. Uh, last three games, 19, 26, and 21. Certainly, you know, still in the top tier of quarterbacks, but a little bit of a ding in production there. I wonder if something's going on. Maybe he, uh, you know, if if, it, if he uh, continues to uh, struggle or continue or maybe, you know, worsen an injury. If there is one, um, could be something to watch on the fantasy front. Uh, but hey, even, if, even still, if they don't fumble in the end zone, they get out of there with a win, uh, which obviously didn't happen. A question for you guys, though. This is not necessarily fantasy-related, but am I crazy to think the Bills are still the better team of the two? Like, if they played again all oh, the a no, not in unusual field, like, I'm still taking the Bills. Uh, Vegas yeah. has no respect for Minnesota, either. <laughs> for example, the Cowboys, this coming week, on the road in Minnesota, it's a noon game or 1 o'clock game. Who do you think is favored? Cowboys heart.
0: by one. Cowboys are favored by 1.5. Because I, I was looking at it earlier. It's crazy. They're on the road.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Like the Cowboys just went on the road to Green Bay and and lost in overtime. You know, a close game for sure. But like, have they done anything to prove that they're worthy of being favored on the road against a team that has only lost one game and just beat one of what we, many people consider to be Super Bowl favorites? I don't know. So it just speaks to the fact that most people are still not sold. On Minnesota being in the uh, upper tier of teams, just quite yet, but I, I thought that was a little odd. disrespectful. For sure. <laughs> I think I think the Vikings have earned it at this point. There's
2: obviously a more than just a pattern, and I, I would I would agree. I would take the Bills. Um, they just have talent across the board, offense and defense. But yeah, when you, when you're only when you've only lost one game after ten weeks, I uh, I, I don't think you uh, can count them out anymore. So
0: well as a pretty solid transition there uh, talking about the cowboys playing the vikings this next week because the next game we're going to talk about from this past week was the cowboys versus the packers and as lance alluded to my packers went into Lambeau and lost and this was one that we should have won with how the packers have been playing uh, final score there was 28 to 31 in overtime uh and i pretty much watched this entire game uh being being the cowboys fan that i am and i'm sitting there in the fourth quarter, we're up twenty-eight to fourteen, and I'm like, "This this isn't enough. We need a we need like one more field goal. Like let's score one more time, guys, because uh, the defense just seemed to be struggling today. Uh, and and Rogers, you know, he's been pretty terrible this year, but of course he saved it all up and and had his best best game of the year so far against the Cowboys. Um, there were eight total touchdowns in this game. Ceedee Lamb scored twice. Christian Watson had his breakout game, uh, with three touchdowns. Um, he only had four receptions, but three of them were, were for touchdowns. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Aaron Jones, Dalton Schultz and Tony Pollard all found the end zone one time as well. Uh, so yeah, the Packers won this game in overtime, uh, after the Cowboys went for it on fourth down, uh, they shouldn't have even had to go for it on fourth down because there was a missed pass interference call on third down, which would have extended the Cowboys overtime drive. Uh, I'm not going to go into my, Deep rooted hate of referees and how they are obsolete and we should be using uh technology solely right now, but uh definitely another game that the Cowboys stole or that sorry, that the refs stole from the Cowboys while playing the Packers in Lambeau. We just cannot seem to overcome playing the Packers in Lambeau. Um Dak, a decent game, 265 passing yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, 21.2 fantasy points, Aaron Rodgers. 224 passing yards, three touchdowns. Uh, He did have a fumble loss, but no picks. He wasted all his picks on the Lions last week with three and didn't save any for the Cowboys this week, which was unfortunate. Um, C.D. Lamb, a really, really good game. 15 targets, 11 receptions, 150 yards, and two touchdowns for 32.5 fantasy points. Like I mentioned earlier, Christian Watson had his breakout game, uh, three touchdowns on 107 yards for 30.7 fantasy points. Tony Pollard playing with uh with Zeke out with an injury. He had 22 rush attempts, 115 yards, uh, and a touchdown, 20.3 total fantasy points. And Aaron Jones with 24 rush attempts, 138 yards, a touchdown for 22.6 fantasy point. Uh, what do you guys got for this one?
2: I think, one, I'm not saying the Packers are back, but this is definitely much more of a classic Packers team that we're used to. Aaron Rodgers not making mistakes again zero interceptions there the Packers run game, which really is the foundation of this current team. Aaron Jones twenty four carries, AJ, AJ Dillon thirteen carries, um, over two hundred yards total. They they really needed this, um, and I think that, that that again I think that that's kind of the foundation of the team and it's gonna they stick with that they can they can roll through more teams going forward. Uh, agree, Christian Watson, he's a threat. He's a guy. Um, he's no Devontae Adams, but maybe he could be one day. Uh, but I do think he is going to be the guy going forward through the end of the year. Um, on the Cowboy side, nothing too much of no. note. Tony Pollard continues to show that he can be a number one running back. And I think that's super impressive. Definitely would try to scoop him up um, in any league that someone's trying to dump off players. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, like I said, definitely a close game and uh, looking forward to see if, if the Packers can keep a streak going from here. Lance, anything else?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a, a prime time or, you know, the the, the late afternoon game in, in Green Bay. It's a, a tough place to play for sure. But, you know, Dallas was up 28-14 one point in the third quarter. You really want, you know, if you're going to be in the, the top tier of teams, you want to see a team that's up two touchdowns close that out. Um on the other hand, uh, you know, Christian Watson with a big game, as Scott mentioned, and I think Stephen touched on too. Uh, Cooper Cup on my team went down <laughs> with an injury, mm. so I jumped on the opportunity to get Christian Watson. Yeah. You know, taking a, a little bit of a flyer here, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, ESPN's Dan Graziano uh, reports that the Packers will continue to make Christian Watson. A major part of their game plan going on. There you go, Dan. What? What, are you, what else are you going to say though? After a guy puts up three touchdowns in one game, like, oh no, we're not, we're going to like focus on other people. <laughs> so you know, we'll see if that actually plays out in, the, in the, the next few games. But a little bit of a flyer. He put up almost thirty-one points uh, to date, or uh, up until that point, his uh, best performance was eight point eight points in one game. So um, you know, a little bit of a flyer here, but hopefully it'll pan out.
0: Yeah, I think Lance uh, nailed it there at the end. I, I would I would caution people. I think it definitely should have been one of the top pickups of the week. Um, I don't know if I'm starting him right away, but I think we saw at least for this year his ceiling. I don't think he's going to match that again. I think this is very similar to uh, Chase Claypool's breakout a few years ago, where he had four touchdowns um, and then you know he, he had like one here and there the rest of the season. Um, so don't expect 30 points from Christian Watson the rest of the year. You know, we, we haven't seen that from the Packers offense yet. So, uh, yeah, great points all around though. Uh, moving into our final game from this past week, we had the commanders versus the Eagles on Monday night football and man, what an upset here. The commanders taking down the Eagles 32 to 21, uh, on the road. Uh, This was the Eagles' first loss of the year. We have no more undefeated teams in the entire league. Um, And this wasn't just a loss, though. It was a loss at home against the team in last place in the division to a backup quarterback. So uh, it was an ugly loss, I would say. Uh, Uglier than the Bills losing to the Vikings, for sure. Um, And I would say the Eagles just didn't look themselves the entire game. The commanders played uh, lights out or as good as they could for – you know how good their team actually is uh, touchdowns from Hertz rushing uh, Gibson Goddard Robinson jr. And Devontae Smith um, Heineke didn't do anything fancy. Uh, I had a very low fancy point total Jalen hurts with his average 22.8. That's solid Jalen hurt game. Um, there were some notable injuries though. AJ Brown, he only ended up having four targets and one reception on those four targets. And uh, on that, lone catch. He came up limping, um, went out for a couple of plays, came back in, but it seemed for me, at least from an audience perspective, that he was just used as a decoy the rest of the game uh, to open up other guys such as Goddard uh, and Devontae Smith. Uh, And speaking of Goddard, Goddard suffered a shoulder injury in the late second half uh, when he was tackled to the ground. Um, This was another bad call by the refs. There was a missed face mask, and this one was pretty blatant. Um, and, and, uh, with the face mask and the shoulder injury, he also fumbled the football there, uh, which the, which the commanders recovered and helped them seal the deal against the Eagles. Uh, and on Tuesday, the Eagles place Goddard on IR. So he'll be out at least four weeks. Uh, Lance, anything to add about this one?
1: Um, yeah, I, you know, as far as football goes, I'm not, certainly not jumping off the Eagles bandwagon this fast. You know, I, I love their, their skills players, love their defense. I uh, feel like they have a style of play that will translate it to cold weather playoff football. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think the interesting thing coming out of that game is, it feels like the first time they've had to come, come back from behind. Uh, they jumped out to a 7-0 lead, but then Washington took it from them. In. Um, uh, you know, they were playing from behind most, most of the rest of the game. Uh, could be a knock on hurts given his style of play. Just something I, I kind of filed away for for future games. as we head into the playoffs, from a fantasy perspective, I think the most interesting thing from this game was the last play where uh, uh, you know they had the uh, kickoff or some play where they're you know doing the, the laterals just to try and get a, a miracle touchdown. And uh, Devontae Smith, you know, he's throwing it back and he fumbles it. Right, it counts as a fumble, so that dings him. But then also Washington recovers it in the end zone, and just for you know cheering for. You know, chaos. I was hoping someone would lose or win their game based off of that play, which is just absurd, right? Uh, and, but uh, fortunately for whoever in our league, uh, you know, Washington's on uh, available for pickup, and Devontae Smith was on someone's bench. So uh, no such chaos happened. But I, that was the immediately the, the first thing I thought about.
0: Yeah, Steven?
2: Um, I don't know. Heidi Kiefer Heisman? Um <laughs> This guy, I mean, he just always comes out of nowhere and just – he's a dog, a dog. She he's a perfect per- ba- uh, backup, right? He's a perfect players. backup, yeah. I mean, he he does not act like a backup in that sense that he just comes in and he owns the team. So, again, you know, you know nothing – too much a fantasy of note. I mean, I do think – if you're in a 12-team league, you could play him on a bye week. But I just want to give him his uh, his flowers because he deserves it. But um, Brian Robinson, great to see him kind of dominate carries 26-14 to 14 to Antonio Gibson. Still, you know, a backfield that I'm hesitant towards getting too much involved in. I think both of these guys could be flex plays week to week for now, which is shocking that the commanders could have multiple running backs in that conversation but they are both producing right now so um continuing to look out for that um sad to see the current decline of current curtis samuel um this is just a guy that was dominating targets and receptions earlier in the year hoping that he gets back to it but obviously terry mclaurin's the no question guy in that offense Um, but again just hoping that Kirsten will can kind of get some more looks there and uh yeah on the Eagles um Miles Sanders you know kind of a meh performance but didn't get into the end zone this week which he's had some luck earlier in the year um still probably starting in my lineup until uh until he shows that he's not dominating those touches but uh um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still on the Eagles train. I think that they're a great team. They obviously got hit with injuries this game, which hurt them, but I, uh, are they're, they're probably still a top three favorite for me in the NFC. So not too scared.
0: Yeah. Awesome points guys. And just to circle back, uh, Lance talking about the chaos play there at the end of the game, uh, very similar to Najee Harris getting charged with the fumble at the end of the game against Cleveland, uh, I think third week of the year. Uh, I know a lot of people were still starting Najee at the time and I think Cleveland's defense was a popular pick that week as well. And so um, I think I was in a game where it was a 10 point swing in my favor um, because of that play. So yeah, these, these chaos plays at the end of the game um, can have a huge impact on fantasy and Steven circling back to Curtis Samuel um, two comments here. One, I never hopped on the hype at the of being beginning the year and um, I think, too, though, I I don't think he's a bad player. Heineke loves McLaurin, um, and I I hope that Wentz sees how good of a player McLaurin is and he should be trying to feed him the football because that's what Heineke's doing, and it's working. Um, I will also comment that Heineke is starting again this next Sunday. Uh, The commanders have said that Wentz is not yet ready to play. Um, I would argue that if he wins this next game – does he stay the starter? I, I think he should. Good chance. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, though. But uh, that wraps up our recap for Week 10. Uh, I am going to make one announcement before we move into our next segment, and uh, this isn't American football-related, but it is football-related. The FIFA World Cup starts this Sunday, November 20th, at 11 Eastern, 10 Central. Uh, the first game is Qatar versus Ecuador. Uh, Ecuador. Qatar, uh, or Qatar, uh, is the host nation. Uh, The World Cup normally is in summer months, but uh, because it's so dang hot in Qatar, trust me, I know I've been there, uh, they moved it to November, December. Um, So that's exciting. We have both types of football going on here at the same time. Um, For those that are big football fans and cheering on Team USA, the first game for them is Monday, November 21st. At 2 Eastern, 1 Central versus Wales. And unfortunately for those of us that are huge, welcome to Wrexham fans. There are no uh, Wrexham players on the Welsh national team. Uh, So, won't see any names that you recognize from the show there. Over to Steven now for Hype Train.
2: Choo-choo! All aboard the Hype Train. All right, guys. Got a few players... Just one that are obviously kind of getting some more hype based off of recent games. And uh, starting first with Isaiah Pacheco um, dominated touches for the Kansas City Chiefs last game. He, uh, He had 16 carries for 82 yards. The next highest carries by a running back on that team was one last week. So Patrick Mahomes obviously got a few. Kadarius Toney got a few. Um, but Isaiah Pacheco dominated carries. He's a rookie. He, I mean, he passes the eye test. He looks great running the ball. How do you guys feel? Starting with Scott, are you getting on the Pacheco hype train?
0: Ooh, I, uh, I think I'm still standing in the station and it has nothing to do with Pacheco as the player. It has everything to do with the chiefs and how they run their offense. Uh, it's it's hard for me to get behind a running back In that offense in general Just because they're so pass heavy behind Pat Mahomes um, I, I need to see more before I feel comfortable I'm picking him up absolutely And stashing him on my bench In probably 12 team leagues uh, And in Dynasty He's probably already gone uh, He is for sure in ours uh, He was gone before the season started So um, I, I'm still sitting and waiting uh, I'm going to let this first train pass me by But Uh, I might grab a ticket for the next one.
2: Lance,
1: on the train? I'm off the train. Uh, I think he's probably going to be a a good player for them. sounds like an up-and-coming rookie. Uh, uh, But they spread it around, just like Scott said. They have the receivers. And I just feel like I'm constantly expecting more from Chiefs running backs. Going back to CDH from the draft a couple years ago, Scott, I think you you drafted him his rookie year, right?
0: I no, I think I wanted to draft him a rookie year, and Mitchell got him That's one right. pick before me, and I got davin Cook, and thank God.
1: Got it. <laughs> yeah. So he was he was considered like a top fifteen pick or whatever. So like there, it's just like a line of Chiefs running backs where I feel like they they overpromise and underdeliver. Um, so I want to see a few more more games from him. Um, I you know conversely, I picked up Kadarius Tony, and he in the second game went for seventeen points. Uh, so the point being, uh, I think like they, they spread it around. Tony will probably have like two points next week. Pacheco may have ten, whatever. Um, but week to week, it'll it'll vary uh, just because they have so many weapons there. Mahomes the can distribute it. But uh, overall, I just feel underwhelmed uh, um, based on you know what I feel like should be high production from a, a Chiefs running back. So for now, I'll, I'll just wait for wait for the next train to come by. No Chiefs running back can still Lance's heart like Jamal
2: Charles. (laughs) 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 Um, Well, I guess, that's one chew. I am getting on board this hype train. And as you guys know, I tend to be on more of the conservative side before jumping on the train, especially with rookies. But y'all know I'm all in on the Chiefs. Love my guy, Pat. And... They're for sure going to be throwing the ball around all the time, but expect more often than not that they're going to be up in games. I, I think they're going to try to start leaning on this guy to run the ball more and more. Um, again, not saying I'm taking him in my lineup as like a running back one or two, but I, I'm not afraid to play him in my flex at this point. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping on the train, and I'm excited to see what this guy does. Um, staying on the Chiefs' boat in Lance kind of alluded to, so we'll <laughs> let you start off. But Kadarius Tony um last week fifty-seven yards and one touchdown. Obviously Juju Smith Schuster unfortunately went out with a concussion. Um this is Tony's second week in the offense, still didn't play too many snaps, but obviously the talent's there and uh and he's got Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. Lance.
1: Yeah, uh Tony's first game in the Chiefs, I think it was on, on prime time, Collinsworth calling the game, and he had the most accurate description. Tony is a Florida Florida Gator. Ah, so yes. I watched a lot of him at Florida. Um, and, and Collinsworth, obviously a, a Florida grad, played receiver there. Um, so uh, Tony, he said, Tony, if if I were starting or having a draft for uh, a game of tag, Tony would be the first player <laughs> I pick in the NFL. And honestly, I was like, that's not hyperbole. The dude is slippery. Uh, he can get away from you. Um, has a you know a jitterbug or whatever. But uh, um, that said. I am cautiously optimistic. I will say I'll, I'll be aggressive here and say I'm on the high train Woo! because I think they'll find ways to get him involved in the offense just because he is that talented and that and that slippery. Um, but I do think you know I'm not expecting 17 points a game from him going forward, especially with Juju getting healthy. Um, but I do think they'll continue to make you know room for him in the office, give him the ball, that kind of thing. So from that standpoint, I'm on the high train. All right. I yeah, like
0: I it. think. I think I'd have to uh, agree with Lance here. Um, I'm on the train. I think I'm on the caboose, though, like <laughs> backseat, backseat windows up. Um, but yeah, dude has some serious talent. And I think any young wide receiver in a Pat Mahomes offense is is going to be fantasy relevant. Um, I think, you know, they're becoming more and more mouths to feed there. I think uh, obviously Travis Kelsey's number one, Juju's number two. Uh, Can Tony take over? Is that number three? Possibly. Uh, I I think Hardman probably takes the biggest hit with Tony coming to town. Um, But yeah, I I think I'm hopping on this train.
2: And I think that's a choo-choo-choo. I am also on the train. Um, Three for three here. Yeah, again, I'm all about the eye test and the talent. And who's throwing the ball? I mean, this is uh, all the opportunities are endless. Again, agreed that he's kind of third in the pecking order behind Kelsey and Smith Schuster, but again, all the talent in the world. And uh, I think that Patrick Mahomes, of all people, can support more than one wide receiver in a fantasy perspective. So, um, yeah, I'm jumping on the hype train. Um, moving on. I'm going to pivot here. I was going to throw out Christian Watson, but I kind of kept getting the, the feel that we would probably all be on this train, So I'm going to pivot from Watson and go to a more of an elderly gentleman named Alan Robinson. Um, obviously Cooper cup has gone down sadly has gone to IR. You know Lance has him in our league. I have him in another league. Um, definitely hurting chances going into the playoffs. But with that said, Allen Robinson boosted to the number one wide receiver spot in that Rams offense. And with that in mind, with some context, going into the playoffs, um, are you on the Robinson hype train, say for the next four weeks? Scott, let me start.
0: Oof. Um, i think it's definitely close here but i i'm not hopping on this train and uh, the rams offense has just been really bad this year outside of cup um and it seems that stafford can support you know one fantasy relevant wide receiver um and i don't think it's anything to do with Allen robinson as a player they're like his talent wise but i he's no cup either um and I don't feel comfortable starting him. If he's available in my league and I have the bench space, I think he's worth a pickup, um, but I, I'm not hopping on the hype. I need to see it. I need to see a game first.
2: I get that. I get that, Lance. Are you on
1: the Robinson train? Uh, not only am I not on it, I am running in the opposite direction. Of this <laughs> game. Um, I, if it were any other team than the Rams, I feel like people would be saying this team is a dumpster fire, uh, just completely like betting against them. And just because they're the Rams and they have the, the cachet from winning the Super Bowl last year and being good for a you know, decent amount of uh, uh, you know seasons here, they, they get the benefit of the doubt and people think, oh, it's the Rams. They'll come around. But I just think the whole team is, is not good, particularly on offense. Uh, Cooper Cupp, you know, I drafted him uh, in, you know, saddened by his injury because he was pretty much the most consistent person on my team. But everyone else on that team, Higby, um, Akers, the running backs, uh, all the wide receivers and tight ends have just been a disappointment. And, you know, also stems from Matt Stafford, who is you know, dealing with some injuries here, is expected to play on Sunday. But I just think the overall team is a disappointment. So I would not consider Allen Robinson unless it's like, you know, a fringe third wide receiver on your starting roster. if uh, Maybe even in a pinch, like you can do better. Like I, just, I just could not be more out on this, on this, uh, on this uh, prompt here. You guys have, may may have changed my decision. You know,
2: I gave the context over the next four weeks, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was gonna give it a chew, but. <laughs> But uh, I think I think I'm I'm no longer on the train uh, again. I don't think he's a bad flex play again. He, he's he's the guy in their offense right now. That offense has, has been lackluster, but he's pretty much all they got apart from maybe Higby. But um, yeah, I it, again they've been so sad, and Stafford's not been good, and I think Cooper Cup has probably elevated himself and Stafford to an extent. So not necessarily something that Alan Robinson can do. So uh, with that, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be on the train. So that's a zero for three. Very sad. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think with that, um, on a uh, on a sad note, um, let's move over to on the clock with Scott.
0: All right. For this week's on the clock, we'll start with Steven. And the question I have for you, the Bills lost at home in overtime to the Vikings on Sunday and are now third in the AFC East. As your preseason Super Bowl pick, do you still feel confident they will make the big game? Regardless of your answer to that question, give us two other AFC contenders that could knock the Bills out and why. I'll give you 45 seconds. Here we go.
2: Oh, first question I, I guess the question was, am I confident, uh, less confident? But assuming Josh Allen is, has a full bill of health, I will say yes. I'm still taking the bills to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, second question, teams that could knock them off, Kansas City, no question. Again, even without Tyree killing the offense, even without not a really stud by receiver, um, they're doing great things. And I'm going to – I mean, maybe it's because I got so many shares of this team, but the Miami Dolphins, they have a killer offense. They're in the same division. Give me some Dolphins to possibly take the Bills out of it.
0: Awesome. Right on time there. Uh, Love that answer, and I I think those would be my two picks as well, other than the Bills. Um, I did get a question out to MJ in the Philippines, so I'll give you his – real quick, and give you his answer. So to MJ, I said – Similarly, the Eagles lost for the first time this year as the last undefeated team in the league in a home game against the Commanders on Monday Night Football. As your preseason Super Bowl pick, do you still feel confident they will make the big game? And regardless of your answer to that question, give us two other NFC contenders that can knock the Eagles out and why. And this was MJ's answer. He said, I absolutely think they're still capable of making it to the Super Bowl there were plenty of moments where the eagles were just not disciplined enough and they didn't execute this game kudos to the commanders but i think this was a good thing for the eagles because they were put in an uncomfortable position other nfc teams i could see potentially beating the eagles the cowboys and the 49ers so that's from mj Did
1: the eagles winning the conference going into the season
0: he picked them to win the super bowl going into the season
1: Whoa! And, and yeah, hot take. Yeah. Yep, yep. There was yeah, some buzz, but like, you know, people were still skeptical. That's that's a you call.
0: That's impressive. Yeah, that was his pick. All right, Lance. For you, as a huge Florida fan, you were as hyped as the next guy about Kyle Pitts and the amazing rookie season he had last year. This year has been a sophomore slump, to say the least. In your opinion, has he fallen enough to be droppable in ten-team leagues this year? And then in what size league should he still be starting? I'll give you 30 seconds. I
1: wouldn't drop him in a 10-team league, but I wouldn't put him on the bench. And it's not necessarily him falling off as so much as how the quarterback play has failed him and also the play calling in Atlanta. Um, Mariota has been inaccurate, to say the least. A pretty bad quarterback. Uh, He has some benefits, like he has the legs. He can, you know, know, uh, brings a, a... uh, a little different dynamic to the office certainly than matt ryan did so there's the benefit there but fact is he is very inaccurate i found the stats i figured this is what you're going to ask me about scott sure. uh, from uh, a director of stats at fantasy points catchable target rate so basically how accurate are the throws that this uh, an individual person is getting among all wide receivers and tight ends with more than 50 targets where in the top you know let's say 60 do you think kyle pitts ranks
0: 49
1: 57 he's so So he is dealing with a quarterback that cannot get him the ball um also an offense where uh, for whatever reason arthur smith the coach has been asked about this by the media time and time again why are we not getting the ball to kyle pitts Uh, so he's dealing with that plus the quarterback play um so it is interesting, interesting and there's a, a kind of a contrarian view of, you know, if you draft a guy third overall, can't you kind of force feed him a little bit? Should he be getting a little bit more open to try and do him to create these opportunities for a subpar quarterback? There's that take to it. I think Saturday or Sunday, the interesting dynamic with the game against the Bears, which is here in Atlanta, you have Justin Fields at quarterback for the Bears, who the Falcons passed up on to take Kyle Pitts at number three. Um, so, if there is a situation where Fields is just awesome in front of his home crowd, remember he's from Georgia. He went to Georgia, transferred to Ohio State. Uh, so, if he puts on a show, outperforms Kyle Pitts, and wins the game, could be kind of awkward there. So, I think that's something to watch on Sunday.
0: Lance just threw the clock out the window. There said, "F this, I'm gonna talk about my boy Pitts. I think Scott Sorry. may have failed
2: to give the parameters of on the clock. <laughs> that's uh, it's
0: totally cool. No, he he made he made great points. Probably the uh, most that,
1: uh, and best explanation of on the clock ever. Oh, yeah, that was an awesome. On the clock uh, to the time limit. <laughs>
0: that's, that's 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 all. That my bad. Yeah, I'll take the blame for that. Oh, uh, but guess. This, so this not a
1: regular uh, <laughs> participant <laughs> podcast. You give me a the, take advantage of. Top so, top real top
0: real, real quick there, real quick there. The second question I asked, uh, in what size league would he still be starting or should he still be starting, do you think? Would, yeah. 12 team, 14 team, 16 team?
1: Uh, probably like 14. I don't know. I, I, okay. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I, he just doesn't get the targets and it, it's, a, it's a tough situation for him.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's valid. I, I think in every 12-team league, league I'm in, except for maybe our Dynasty League, he is not starting anymore, so... Um, cool with that, we're going to move on to Steven with MFK.
2: Yeah, let's get on to some (laughs) MFK here, sticking with my somewhat LA theme. Um, again, I like themes and because I just got back from LA, that's my theme of the week. So I got three guys that, um, honestly, this is kind of a stretch of a connection, but we'll just go with it. Um, one, we got Marquise Hollywood-Brown. That's probably the, the best connection. The next two guys, their last names just start with L.A. So Alan Lazard and Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so we got Marquise Hollywood-Brown, Alan Lazard, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, two wide receivers and a quarterback, MFK. Scott, who do you got?
0: All right. I think uh, this one is pretty straightforward. Um in redraft and dynasty uh dynasty superflex 100% marrying trevor lawrence and yeah you're gonna say it's biased because i have him but I, I think that's the right answer for superflex especially if it's not superflex um maybe hollywood uh but we're gonna assume superflex there so trevor lawrence uh filling trades for hollywood and killing al mazard in redraft i am marrying hollywood Uh, I'm going to fill trades for Trevor, and I'm still killing Alan Lazard. Uh, I think Alan Lazard is outside of Aaron Rodgers' good uh, graces, and uh, I think Christian Watson is the new top dog there now.
1: Lance? So for redraft, that's like basically this year, and then Dynasty is like you're basically – And you don't don't have to do both, Uh, but yeah, Dynasty would be kind of – carry okay. forward. Yeah, I think yeah, Mark East Brown, definitely for a redraft. Uh he and, and Kyle Murray seem to have a little bit of a connection there, especially you know, before Hopkins came back. Uh I'm anti- Jaguars and I'm not a big fan of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kill that guy. Um <laughs> so I guess I'll, I'll marry Hollywood, kill Trevor Lawrence, and F <laughs> <laughs> Alan Lazar. Phil trades for Alan Lazar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for dynasty, uh, not big on the Cardinals. Not big on the future there for uh, for you know uh, what's the coach's name? Uh, Kingsbury. Kingsbury yeah. or Kyler Murray? Not. I think that's a, a uh, emerging dumpster fire. So I'll I'll actually kill that. Um, Will F what, uh, Field trade? field trade yep. for, <laughs> for, for for Trevor Lawrence. And I'm not excited about this, but I, I'll I'll very I'm sorry, they consistently fine wow marrying alan lazard for the
2: future um this is tough lance may have changed my mind for a redraft definitely marrying hollywood brown um i think i'm in a redraft league just because i don't really want lawrence being my number one quarterback i'm going to fill trades for alan lazard and then kill trevor lawrence You know, as much as we talked about Christian Watson this episode and how great he can be, I think Lazard's still going to be Rodgers' favorite target. Watson probably just has more upside. So I'll still feel trades for Lazard, see what we can get for him. And then in Dynasty, uh, again, if if we are saying super flex, probably would go with Trevor Lawrence, even though he'd be my number two quarterback, hopefully, and then going to marry Hollywood Brown and kill Lazard, just because I don't think Lazard's success is going to be sustainable after this year. I think what he had going into this year with that, he was Roger's number one guy. It seems like Watson could take over that role next year and going forward. Um, and with that, we'll let Scott take it with his MFK. I
0: do want to point out real quick though. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is the number nine quarterback on the year. So regardless of format or league size, as long as you're in a 10 team league or greater, he should be one of the starting quarterbacks. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, my... Exact. Side yeah, the side, the side bet definitely is still intact. So that's actually a really quick reminder. We'll remind uh, the folks out there that our number one side bet this year was Lawrence finishes as a top 10 quarterback in fantasy this year. Steven said finishes outside the top 10. So mm. I am currently winning that side bet um, with uh, f- four games to play. Are we, are we doing just the regular season in fantasy or are we doing the full season? I uh, guess yeah. we'll do the full yeah, I'm pretty sure season. we
2: specify so we're going full. Season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, we, also we, keep in mind, Dak Prescott and Tua T have not uh, played full seasons. So hey,
0: we season. we didn't put any.
2: No, 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 no. Like, I'm just yeah. telling you why Trevor Lawrence is currently in the top ten. Uh, it's
0: think. and how how I have it written down. How we stated it is in fantasy this year. So I think yeah, once yeah. this once the fantasy season ends, agreed. Yeah, that's okay cool i was, uh, I was
2: pointing out i think the reason why he's in the top 10 is because you've had injuries to some pretty big quarterbacks so i do i mean you know, brady i would have that, honestly brady
0: <laughs> rogers herbert um all guys that we thought could be up there stafford all way out of the top 10 so all right uh moving on because we we are running long today but that's all right um for my mfk my theme is us World Cup starters, uh, players that have teams or that have names that either match players on the U.S. first name or last name. So, first player, uh, Christian Pulisic, who is probably the most recognizable player on the U.S. men's national team. He's a Ford, um, probably gonna be our top goal scorer uh, in the World Cup. So, uh, representing him, we have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, The next player from the World Cup team, we have Tyler Adams, who is a midfielder. So, we have Devontae Adams representing him. And then, last but not least, we have Walker Zimmerman, who is a defensive center back for the U.S. national team. And, of course, with Walker there, we're talking about Kenneth Walker III. So, CMC, Devontae Adams, Kenneth Walker III, MFK. Steven? Who's the middle one? Devontae Adams.
2: McCaffrey, Adams... Walker. Ooh, tough, tough, tough. I'm going to marry Christian McCaffrey, who I think only has a continued road to success with the 49ers passing and catching. I know he kind of seems like he may have slipped back last game with Eli Mitchell coming back, but McCaffrey's the guy, and I i don't know. I still want every piece of him if I can get him. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to Olivia Colpo. Um, uh, I'm going to fill trades for Kenneth Walker, who's just been dominating. Um, this rookie has taken the league by storm, and probably at this point, probably put my money on him as Rookie of the Year, Um he's doing great and I I would start him as like my number one running back in most leagues and that shockingly is gonna make me kill Devonte Adams which I hate um I was probably willing to draft Devonte Adams in the first round of drafts this year I didn't but I was thinking about it um but the Raiders are just a complete shit show and I just don't want any piece of that offense so Marrying McCaffrey, building trades for Walker, and killing—oh, sadly, Devonte Adams, Lance. And
0: that's that's strictly redraft, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, Lance.
2: This is a redraft.
1: Oh man, this is going to be this. This is a tough one. Very tough. A week ago, I would have said (laughs) I'm marrying Christian McCaffrey. I have Elijah Mitchell. On my team, on the bench, just came off of IR, and I was shocked to see how the performance broke down between the two of them. And that gives me a little bit of pause of how they're going to use McCaffrey uh, going forward, or just what his production is going to be in that you know, that backfield. So I think I would marry Devontae Adams. honestly. Ooh. I just love a wide receiver who could take over the game. I think even you know, regardless of how poor their team has been, I feel like he can still do it. Um, I'm going to field trades for McCaffrey and Kenneth Walker, nice young running back, all that, you know, whatever, but sorry, he's going to have to take the the short and the stick here and get killed. Ouch.
0: So close, but not so fast, Lance. Uh, I loved your points on Christian McCaffrey and I was going to pretty much say the same exact thing. Uh, let me tell our listeners out there this past week against the Chargers, Christian McCaffrey had 14 rushing attempts. You know how many Eli Mitchell had more than 14, more than 14. He had 18. Uh, it tells me that this could possibly be a running back by committee. I yeah, hate that. I I'm, I'm killing Christian <laughs> McCaffrey. I a hundred percent agree with Lance. I'm killing Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm going to differ though. I'm going to fill trades or Devontae Adams and Mary Kenneth Walker. The third Kenneth Walker III is just a stud, uh, He's owning that backfield. Doesn't have somebody else there taking a bunch of other rushes away from him. Um, the Seahawks are still a very competitive team, and I think that's the differentiator for me. Is is the Raiders aren't so much, and so I think as the year continues to go on, I, I could see them not trying to use Adam as much and, and keeping him healthy for the future. Um, and I think I maintain that order uh regardless if it's redraft or dynasty uh, uh mary walker Phil adams and kill mccaffrey um and real quick quick before we do lance's mfk i will throw mjs out there for us all to do um he picked top ranked players that we want going into the final league of the season um his choices were jonathan taylor justin jefferson and travis kelsey for me this is easy uh i'm marrying justin jefferson trading travis kelsey and killing jonathan taylor steven lance
2: i am going to marry travis kelsey fill trades for justin jefferson and kill jonathan taylor i don't know if there's a right answer
1: there but um definitely partially in spite of scott loving jefferson so much i can't marry him so <laughs> maybe kelsey uh i yeah i think it is the uh, you know we get closer to the playoffs I feel like Mahomes will start to lean on his, his favorite guy a little bit more. Uh, and just the, the inconsistency in targets to Jeff- or Jefferson to date gives me a little bit of pause. So if I'm going like pure talent, I'm like who's the best right now, It's a not on Jefferson. But mm-hmm. I'll go Mary Kelsey, uh, field trades for Jefferson, and then kill Jonathan Taylor. Anyone on the Colts should like, put him in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Please, good All
0: right, Lance, what do you got for your MFK?
1: Okay. You know, I'm a guest here, so I don't completely understand all the props uh, as, you know, evidence on the, on the clock. I, I went, you know, like three minutes in my 32nd time window. So I did first year coaches. Obviously coaches don't play fantasy football. We don't have a coaches slot on, on our, our, our roster for, for, for coaches, whatever. Um, so I, I wanted to do first year coaches for MFK. Um, so to kind of tie it into fantasy football, we'll say, who do you think will have the best influence on players going forward? I'll give, you a, I'll give you a hypothetical. We're in the draft next year. You're you know late in the rounds. You have a player one who you're considering, player two who you're considering. You're like, they're so even. And you say, let me turn to the coaches. Let me see who the coach is, and that'll be the differentiator. So think about who's going to be the, what coach is going to be the differentiator to help you make that decision in your drafts going forward. I so the first year coaches I have are the ones with the top three records among first year coaches. And Mike McDaniel of the Dolphins, Brian Dayball of the Giants, and then Kevin O'Connell of the Vikings. Mm-hmm.
2: Pretty easy for me. I'm going to rapid fire. Let me marry Mike McDaniel. me fill for Kevin McConnell and I'm going to kill Brian Gable. I mean, man. I want a guy that's got some humor in him. <laughs> in addition to that fast-powered offense, I mean, this guy's going to make you laugh. <laughs> I'll go down the aisle with it, <laughs> with him. Um, no question about it. Yeah, that, that's a pretty easy one. I mean, McDaniel's done wonders for the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, the Vikings have done a lot better than expected, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, McDaniel made the... 49ers offense what they are today um not to discredit Kyle Shanahan by any means but uh yeah I, I don't know for me it's it's really not a question taking McDaniel
0: I would 100% agree with Steven's answer there um and I think Mike Daniel has taken the Shanahan again offense uh and made it way better actually um the Dolphins just look awesome this year and I think they're going to give the Bills a run for their money so same mfk dolphins vikings giants in that order lance what do you think
1: uh yeah i'll agree with that uh i think dave has got the uh, weird energy about him and he, he's kind of i wouldn't say resurrected daniel jones but you've got questions he's coming into the contract here and it's basically like uh, you know they're you know uh, winning, i think they've won like eight games or something which no one saw coming and it's like you know, if he can do that with Daniel Jones, maybe there's something about elevating the rest of the team. But I, I agree with the order. Uh, you got to go Mike McDaniel, O'Connell, and Dave All. So Agreed. agree with you guys.
0: All right. With that, we are moving on to Jukebox with Steven.
1: Another ju- round
2: <laughs> of Jukebox. <laughs> Was I supposed to say that? Juke. Oh, you're welcome ju- to. Do you, ju- you want to give a shot? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, All right, so yeah, so we got another great round of jukebox. Again, I told you guys I love a theme. The theme, we're sticking to Warner Brothers, Um, again, with a couple of songs. First, giving Scott his Christmas wish, giving him a song from the Inception soundtrack called Dream is Collapsing, which I'm sure he has listened to multiple times because he loves songs with no words. And the prompt is, Scott, who is a player that you are expecting to take you into the playoffs and who really has just fell off a cliff? In other words, your dream is collapsing of making the playoffs because this guy couldn't do it for you.
0: Uh, this is so easy, and I'll get to my answer in a second. Uh, love inception and songs about words. It's called instrumental music, Steven. Okay, you should listen to it once in a while. It's very peaceful and. The Inception uh, soundtrack is amazing. Okay, uh, very well done by Hans Zimmer. Uh, there's, I have nothing bad to say about that movie. The music, the acting, the the theme is just I love Inception. But a hundred percent, my answer is Jonathan Taylor. Um, my one auction draft league, I spent the most money on any player. Got me some Jonathan Taylor. Thought sure bet at running back. Uh, and my team is two and eight after 10 weeks. And this is a league uh, in which I commish, and I have not done worse than third in six years. And I'm not making the playoffs. And I 100% blame Jonathan Taylor and the Colts um, amongst other players on this team. But Jonathan Taylor is the reason.
2: Great choice and makes sense. Lance, your song. Gonna give you a little hint. <laughs> you got it what is it friends. yeah so the song is i'll be there for you uh song by the Rembrandts. of course it is the theme song of friends um lance who is a player that you can always rely on no matter what not necessarily a player who's a stud who's flashy but at least someone who's always going to provide you a solid floor that you're always like oh this guy's my lineup i'm good
1: It's funny you're asking me this question, uh, because the answer is Damian Pierce. Oh, no! (laughs) Since week three, he has gotten double-digit points every week. Wow. And it's not that he's, like, lighting the world on fire. He's certainly not. For a a mid-to-late round, uh, you know, I'm going to take a gamble on this guy. He is the most consistent player, because on the Texans, who are terrible, he is one of their best players, and he's their only guy in the backfield, so they're just feeding him the ball. Uh, so <laughs> it gives me great pleasure <laughs> to answer your question with Damian Pierce. I was hoping to get an answer, to answer Scott's question because I wanted to rant about Alan Kamara because he is my answer for who has let me down. Mm-hmm. You, you know how many rushing touchdowns he has this year? One. Yeah, but anyway, Damian Pierce is my answer. And just Kamara,
0: to- as I say, Kamara's come on though in the past few weeks. Yeah, terrible start, but like. He has picked it up the past few
2: weeks. Yeah. Just to add some some color to Lance's pleasure with giving <laughs> Damian Pierce, back in the first, I think it was the first episode, maybe it was the second, um, whenever we were discussing our draft results, um, I definitely kind of shat on Lance a bit by, uh, by saying that he took Damian Pierce a little early. And uh, it's, it's obviously worked out. Um, Lance is ahead of me in the, the standings. So, uh, yeah, my apologies there. But uh, a great... And effort. I
0: gave him props. I said it was a good pick. So... you did. He did yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, and I would like to point out, too, I can't believe you said Kamara because uh, the week he got 38.3 fantasy points, Lance was playing against me with Kamara. So, you know, cool, bro. Way <laughs> to just rub that in.
2: <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Great set of songs. And uh, with that, let's wrap it up with Fantasy Flash.
0: All right, our recap from week 10. We had Deontay Foreman uh, and Cordero Patterson on Thursday Night Football, who would have more fantasy points. And that was, of course, Foreman 19 to 2.5. That was the difference there. Um, Our Sunday game, as we mentioned earlier, we picked the – vikings and the bills and we said who would have more receiving yards justin jefferson or stefan diggs they both had amazing games but jj with 193 to Diggs is 128 and then finally for monday night football uh we did the commanders versus the eagles over or under three and a half passing touchdowns and it was under with two i had my first three and oh week it was awesome. Uh, MJ was one and two, and Steven was 0 oh and three. So I caught up big time. The new standings MJ's in first, 15, 11, and one. And I am tied with Steven in second at 14, 12, and one. We are only behind MJ by one game. Uh, and we'll remind everybody out there since we have a guest, our guests are currently four, one and one. Moving into our week 11 questions. Thursday night football. We have the Titans versus the Packers. Over or under two and a half total rushing touchdowns. Both teams combined. Over or under?
1: Give me
2: over, no question. Over.
0: Lance? Over. I'm I'm, I'm going under on this one. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, and I think there's going to be some passing touchdowns. MJ also went over, so I am the lone outlier there. Uh, going into Sunday... How can I not pick this matchup? The Cowboys versus the Vikings. So I picked a wide receiver and a tight end from both teams to kind of shake it up a little bit. And we're looking for more targets. We got Dalton Schultz and CD L- Lamb or TJ Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson. More targets.
2: Why don't you take this with your Cowboys?
0: Woo, I think I will take this. And I'm going to go with my Cowboys, Schultz and CD.
2: I am also going to give a little yeehaw and go with the Cowboys,
1: CD, Lamb, Dalton Schultz. Wait, what? <laughs> this is like a slam dunk for Hawkinson uh, and Jefferson. Targets, targets, profits. Yeah. Hey,
0: Lance wants to go with the Vikings. Let him go to the Vikings, man. Vikings. Lance, Lance says the Vikings, boys. Uh, MJ also went Schultz and CD. So Lance, the lone outlier on that one. That brings us to Monday night football. We have the 49ers versus the Cardinals. More fantasy points. CMC or DeAndre Hopkins? Mm.
1: I'll
0: wow. tell you what MJ picked on this one first. How about we do that? MJ picked CMC.
2: Yeah, I I gotta I gotta go CMC
1: because of the floor.
0: going deandre because of elijah mitchell
1: yeah the the split between mitchell and cmc surprised me so so much i I gotta go hopkins
0: all right we got a split one there on monday night football uh and that that's gonna bring us to the end of this episode uh steven lance you guys want to give your salutations any shout outs to anybody
1: uh, yeah, sorry I dragged it out too long. <laughs> no, not <laughs> Thanks. the salutations to you guys for having me. this is fun. <laughs> not at all. Um, no, really
2: happy that Lance could join this one. Um, shout out to him being married a little over one week yeah. as of today. So. Um, cool to see him sitting here with his wedding band. Um, but yeah, super, super stoked to have him on the show. Thanks everyone for continuing to listen. Um, give us some shout outs, some feedback, some questions, and we'll be happy to talk about them in the show. Um, but yeah, thanks again, guys.
0: Yeah. I'd like to second what Steven said there. Thank you so much, Lance, for joining as our third guest. It was a pleasure to have you, especially one week after the honeymoon or shortly after getting back from the honeymoon. Um, had a blast having you and yeah, the, the length doesn't matter. People are, I think are going to enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and, and sh- shout out obviously to, to MJ. Um, miss you buddy. Uh, hope to have you back next week. Hope you're enjoying your vacation in the Philippines. Um, hey, this, this podcast is, is keeping me going with, with that two and 18. That's just crushing my soul right now. So uh, thank you for putting it together. And um, we love keeping it going and thank you to all our listeners out there. Once again, this is What's Your Fantasy? Fantasy Football Podcast. See you next time.
1: Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby.